Omagyanatimirandasyagyananjanasalakaya Chaksurumilitam jenatasmai sri gurve namaha Padanulambuto bhujokonakabodato Sankitanaikapitaro kamalaya takso Vishwamboro dhvijavaro yukadharma pahalo Andejagatpriyakaro karunabhutaro so, today after visiting the birthplace of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, we went to the place of Bhajan of Hardas Thakur, Sudhubakul, and Hardas Thakur's Samadhi. And I wanted to take the devotees to these places because of the significance of Hardas Thakur to all of us. And unfortunately, we weren't able to hold his class there because of other programs that were going on at the time. But we are seated at sunset at the beach and this ocean was said to have been made holy by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at the time that he bathed the body of Thakur Haridas in the sea's water just after his passing from the world. So we've taken bath there. Now we'll try to say something about the significance of Thakur Haridas to all of us and how important he was in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Leela. Mention that Thakur Haridas is both Brahma and Prahlad, Lord Brahma and Prahlad Maharaj. And the reference to Prahlad Maharaj is largely due to the suffering he underwent and the tolerance with which he faced that suffering under the influence of the Muslim government in Bengal. When there were complaints about his chanting, Takwadari Das being Muslim, and the reference to Brahma dates back to Krishna Leela. I think we can take the reference to Brahma more literally and the reference to Prahlad Maharaj more one of his being in a situation that was analogous to that of Prahlad and reacting in a similar way. You know that in the Brahma Vimohana Leela several chapters of the 10th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, 11-12, maybe 13-14, ending with 14 Brahma's prayers. And we're beginning with Krishna's spontaneous desire to leave early for the forest one day and have a picnic lunch, rather than attending the normal, rather uh, festive and large breakfast at home that he was accustomed to. You know, the daily Srimati Radharani comes to cook for Krishna at the house of Nanda Maharaj. She was given a blessing by Durvasmoni that whatever she cooked would taste just like nectar. And even after the marriage of Radha to Abhimanyu, still Mother Yasoda insisted that she come daily and cook for Krishna and Jatila, the mother-in-law of Radha, couldn't resist the persistence 
of Mother Jashoda. Who thought, Mother Jashoda, that is, that every day Krishna is going into the forest and there are rumors, stories at least, coming from those boys that so many demons are coming and causing problems and Krishna is fighting with them and defeating them. There is no tangible proof and boys will make up stories and exaggerate and so forth, but she thought at any rate that to whatever extent it is true, the reason that he fares well in all these bouts with near disaster is because he eats the cooking of Srimati Radharani. So anyway, on this morning, Krishna suddenly decided to have a picnic lunch, so whatever was assembled the cooking was to be taken out. Balaram was staying at home and Krishna went out and announced, bugling his buffalo horn, his desire, and all the cowards assembled and off they went. And maybe you've seen the beautiful, uh, there have been a number of them, renderings of that picnic lunch in the Vrindavan forest. Such intimate dealings Krishna had with his friends that the very nature of this friendly love is that one of its principal characteristics is that in this kind of intimacy of love the two friends feel exactly equal. No difference between my friend's body and mine whatsoever. This kind of friendly bonding. And so an example of this, of course, is Krishna taking the food that was prepared for him, putting it in the mouth of one of his friends, taking it out, putting it in his mouth, and they were dealing with one another like this. It's mentioned Bhagavad Krishna was holding in his hand some yogurt and rice and fruit, and then it's mentioned in his left hand. So this is not high class, civilized luncheon. And this took place after the killing of Agasura. They had gone for the picnic lunch and they saw this Agasura on the path looking like a great mountain cave, his mouth open. And the boys decided to march on in, even after realizing it wasn't really a cave, it was a snake, come to devour them. But they knew Krishna's with us so we have nothing to fear. Of course, they went in, and Krishna went in after them, and Agasura was Agasura. He mean, means the, the very personification of Agha, sin. He went inside his mouth, mouth was closed, he tried to swallow Krishna, and he couldn't get him down his throat, and choked on him. Krishna expanded himself, and the life here of Agasura went out. Now, it is said that when the demons are killed by Krishna, then they get liberation. But the very destination of liberation was inside of the body of Agasura, and his soul had come out. So it hovered in the sky with nowhere to go until Krishna came out, and then it merged into his body. And this was a wonder to all of the devas who witnessed it. And as the news spread throughout the heavens, Brahma wanted to come and take a look. And then he came on his swan carrier 
and there were these boys picnicking and behaving, as I had mentioned, like this. And Brahma, of course, is Vidhi. He is the personification of all the rules of the Vedas. And there are so many rules and so many regulations. The Paka Brahman. And there he saw this boy, Krishna, that others were speaking so highly of, acting in such an uncultured, uncivilized way. And he had some doubt in his mind. That doubt in the mind of Brahma, thinking he's eating with his left hand. What is this? You won't find Narayan doing that. Civilization in Vaikuntha is different than in Vrindavan <laughs> altogether. So he was bewildered at this manifestation of the Absolute, the very plain of Vrindavan, two-handed Krishna, and not only two-handed Krishna, but as they say two-handed Krishna, but acting like this, like an uncivilized person, like a jungle person. And people are praising that, that we saw the Hagasur, the sin itself, entered into him, liberated. So he had some doubt seeing Krishna in this way. And that is then the beginning of Krishna manifesting Aishvarya in Vrindavan for Brahma alone to see. That was so extraordinary that it makes the Aishvarya of Narayan, from whom innumerable universes are emanating, seem insignificant in comparison. From Krishna came innumerable Narayans. First they all appeared as cowherds and their sticks and their flutes and their calves and they behaved so much like those original boys and calves that the mothers and the cows could not detect the difference. That means Krishna loved them so much he knew their heart completely. He manifested a form that felt just like them, not looked just like them, but also felt just like them. And the mothers could not detect the difference. All they could detect was that their affection for them had increased so much more. And of course, Baladev saw that affection, that increase of affection, when the cows saw their calves returning. At this time, Krishna was young enough for calf herding. So he was just beginning his herding life. He was taking the calves out. And of course, this manifestation of himself in the place of the calves and in the place of the cowherd boys lasted for one entire year. And one day, Baladev saw this, calves coming home and cows bolting down the Govardhan hill, down the hillside to give their milk to those calves with such affection. He was astonished and he could understand that some mystic thing has taken place by the power of my younger brother. And of course he was right. As we're describing, Krishna had manifested himself into all those calves and coward boys. And he did this when Brahma, not understanding Krishna's position, stole all the calves and coward boys and put them in a cave. He wanted to see, they say, this person is powerful, I will make some mystic power and test him. He had some doubt, seeing him, food in the left hand and behaving in this way, as I've described with the boys. But Krishna made, manifested all those boys and all those calves, and for one year this went on, and then it was revealed to Brahma. 
And he said he went back to his abode after doing that, Brahmalok, and they threw him out. He said he was an imposter because Krishna had manifested a Brahma, <laughs> put him on Brahmalok. <laughs> and kicked him out. You're an imposter. So he came back very bewildered and saw that all the cows her boys and calves were acting just as before nothing had changed. He was extremely humbled. And then he approached Krishna and Krishna showed all those calves and cowherd boys to be himself as four-armed forms of Narayan had emanated from him. And Brahma seeing this could understand then what is the position of Krishna. So Brahma was purified but because of his offense of thinking, oh, this boy is just uncivilized, eating with his left hand. The great Paka Brahmana, Brahma, had to take birth in an untouchable family. He thought Krishna was acting like untouchable, <laughs> unclean. So he had to take that kind of birth. But in Gorlila, so such is the benefit. If we associate with the devotees, with Krishna, even if we make some offense, then the offense will have to come and bear fruit. But the positive effect of that good association will also come. So he got both. He got to take birth as Brahmaharidas in Lacha family. But he was naturally attracted to Krishna Bhakti. Even before the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he was associated with Advaita. And Advaita's frustration at the circumstances in Nadia and thereabouts, Kali Yuga, no one interested in Krishna Bhakti, Mahaprabhu's very abode, Navadvip, just filled with pseudo-logic and sophistry, Everyone was concerned only with outdoing the other in terms of making marriage arrangements for their daughters and sons, and, and Harinam was scorned. So he called for the Yuga Avatar and made a special plea that in this Yuga Avatar, Krishna himself will come as this Yuga Avatar. So as I say, Haridas Thakur was associated with Advaita at that time, even previous to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance. Advaita had great favor on Haridas Thakur. When the Shraddha ceremony was performed at Advaita's house, Advaita was a very sophisticated and wealthy Brahmin, an elder in the community, Shantipur. When he held the Shraddha ceremony, so many Brahmins came, and they had one thing in mind. Which of us will get the prasad from the Shraddha? because it was supposed to be given to a first-class Brahman. And they were all in their minds competing and thinking, I am better than him, he's not as good of a Brahman as I am, and I will certainly get the offering from Advaita's performance of the Shraddha and so forth. And this way, the pride of the Brahmins was manifesting in all of their minds, the biggest, one of the biggest symptoms of Kali Yuga itself. What did Advaita do? He decided to give the prasad to Thakur Haridas, who was keeping a distance himself from the place. And what did the Brahmins do? They became outraged at this. 
and left the house of Haridas Thakur. Excuse me, of Advaita. They left the house of Advaita, went to their own home, refused to eat anything from his house, thinking that he, by his his own desire to give that prasad to Haridas Thakur, that he himself, Advaita, had become contaminated. This is how they thought of Haridas. And this was their, their limited understanding, if we can call it even that, of bhakti, of Vaishnavism versus Brahmanism, of, sp- of spirituality versus religion and social custom. When they went to their homes, they told their wives to cook. We will not eat at the waiter's house. A great rain came, and none of them could start any fire. And none of them could eat that day. And then they began to think amongst themselves, maybe we were wrong, maybe we made a mistake, we offended Advaita. Not that they agreed with his uh, proposal to give the prasad to Haridas Thakur, but maybe we should have eaten at his house anyway. So they went there and they made some apology and he took them all to the place where Haridas Thakur was living, in a cave, and there was a fire there. No one could start a fire anywhere. But in the cave of Haridas the fire was going nicely. In this way he revealed to them something about the position of Haridas. The best of Brahmins he was. Better than the best of the Brahmins, he was a Vaishnav. He was Brahman in his previous birth. <laughs> so he was a great uh, devotee. And the parallel with Prahlad is also appropriate in as much as Sometimes we find that in the family of non-devotees, devotees are born. Just as we find sometimes in the family of devotees, non-devotees are born. So while birth may be some type of meter by which to determine, no doubt, one's previous life, it doesn't tell us everything. There may be a good reason why the pious and devoted are born in families that are not so. I told before that sometimes people ask that if Chaitanya Mahaprabhu descended and he is Krishna himself, it's appropriate that he appeared in Nadia because Navadvipa and Vrindavan are the same. Inside the lotus of Vrindavan is the lotus of Navadvipa. But the question is, why all of his eternal associates, Krishna's associates, who came with him in the Leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did not take birth in Nadia? in Navadvip. But outside of the Dham. And the answer is because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu arranged that they take birth outside of Navadvip for the sake of propagating the Brahma of Braj. So the point is that the two Leelas, Gaur Leela and Krishna Leela, are one and the same except for one difference. What is the difference? They are both sweet. Madhurya, Krishna Lila and Gaur Lila, Shigora Hari Sohi Goshtabi Hari, is the same cow herder. So it is the same sweet Lila, but the difference is that the sweet Lila, when it takes the form of Gaur Lila, that Krishna Lila, it becomes Audarja. From Madhurya to Audarja. Madhurya means the doors are also closed. It's sweet and very, very secret. Aham Bhaje-sheta-dvipam-tamaham-goloka-mitiyam, Brahma Samhita says. It is a very, very secret place. Sweta-dvip, 
I've sometimes explained it before, is the private island of God. Just as if you were to hear someone at a private island out in the Pacific, you would think, oh, goodness, no one can go there. He has his own island. How he's enjoying himself there with his intimate group. So Svetadvip Golok is like this. Private island of God. Not just anyone can go. But the doorway to that has been opened by the madness of Krishna's searching to understand his own sweetness and the love of his better half, his other Radha for himself. This is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So Madhurya becomes Audardya. Well, he had his associates appearing in so many places outside of Navadvip and in different families like Takuhari Das and look what happened to Rupa Sanatana. The Jiva Goswami, by implication, being their relative, they were ostracized from the Brahminical community. The lesson learned all of this for us. And for Prithibhidhyachi, Jata Nagradi Gram Sarvata Pachorhaibe Marnam. There's another statement by Mahaprabhu also similar. He says, Bharato Bhumite Hoila Manusya Janma Jar, Janma Sharta Kori Korparupaka. Who's ever born in a Bharata, India, in human birth, Manusa Janma, should understand what is Krishna consciousness and do this par upakar, give it to everybody else, transcendental welfare work. Prabhupada at one point became so frustrated in his attempt to explain to the Indian people this order of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu because they reacted so slowly, if at all, that he said to us, this has been transferred, this order, to all the people born in the Western world. So he said, now it is all on your heads, he was telling us, his disciples, this order of Mahaprabhu. Understand Krishna consciousness, do Parabhupakar for the whole world. So for the sake of the wide dissemination, devotees are taking birth all over the world in so many places. So sometimes the devotee may be born in demonic families, sometimes demon may appear in devotee family, it's possible. Birth is a pretty good meter to measure something about the past, no doubt, but it doesn't tell everything. Therefore, the determining factor, for example, in Varnashram, what does Krishna say? Chatur varnamaya guna karma vibhagasa. So according to guna and karma, qualities and activities, we will make the determination how to engage one occupationally and so forth. And by guna and karma, we'll understand his spiritual station in the four orders of Brahmacharya, Grihastha, Manaprastha, Sanyasa. Prahlad was born in the family of Daityas, biggest Daitya, Aranyakashipu. And at the hands of Aranyakashipu, he suffered greatly. When Hiranyakasipu sent him to school, and what did Prahlad do? He simply waited for the opportunity to teach the students Krishna Bhakti. When there was a recess, then he would stand up and minister to all the students. At that age of Kumars, Kumarama, very young, like five years old, you should begin the spiritual life, he said. 
this, of course, alarmed the teachers, and repeatedly they tried to deal with this problem child. After some time, Hiranyakashipu asked his own son, so what have you learned in school? What is the best thing you've learned? What did he say? Itipum sarpita vishnu bhaktis chenavalakshna kriyeti bhagruti adha tanman yeditumutanam shravanam kiranam vishnu smarnam parasevanam achanam bandhanam dasyam sakyam atmani vedanam How did he learn that in school? He actually learned it from Narada, the well-wishing of Narada, such as the power of great devotees, even in the womb of his mother. Prahlad, uh, Narada came and spoke Srimad Bhagavatam to the mother of Prahlad, sending his well-wishing to the child. So naturally, understandably, the Haranikasipu did not like to hear that, and then he put him through so much torture. Prahlad was a devotee of Krishna. Krishna was his Ishtadevata. And this is the case in Srimad Bhagavatam for everybody. Every speaker, every questioner, their Ishtadevata is Krishna. And Krishna made an extraordinary appearance as Narsingha to save Prahlad from the wrath of Hiranyakasipu. Actually, Prahlad was safe, but to do away with Hiranyakasipu once and for all and embrace Prahlad. So he was poisoned and he was put in a pit of snakes and thrown off a cliff and so many things. Similarly, Thakur Haridas, just for chanting the name of Krishna, was put through much torture. He was arrested, thrown in jail, because he was a Muslim, and he was chanting the names of Krishna, the Hindu god. So it was all right to be a to be a Hindu. I mean, after all, it was it was India, and the Muslims had occupied this much of India, and, and they were in charge there in Bengal. So it was okay for people to be Hindus, but it wasn't okay for a Muslim to convert to being a Hindu. In fact, if anything, they would want to convert the Hindus to Muslims. So he was considered a problem, and when he was he was thrown in jail, and even the people in jail could see that he was a was a sadhu. He just kept chanting the holy name, and they asked him, Oh, you are a sadhu, please, can you ask God to let us get out of jail? What did he say? Why shouldn't you get out? Then when you're in, at least you pray to God to get out. When you're out, you won't pray at all. Better you stay in jail. This was his reasoning. At least you'll think of God then. We should try to conduct our lives like this. Not simply to make comfortable arrangements but gravitate towards that situation which will most help us remember the Lord and His mission. No place in this world is permanent. Don't take too much time making an arrangement for your comfort. Try to find a home comfort in the language of Sridharmarsh. Home comfort in the heart. Actually, if we want a comfortable place, this is the means to get it. And no better example is there that of Hari Dastakur himself. He chanted Hare Krishna at all costs. They took him out of the prison. They told if you don't chant Hare Krishna, we're going to have you beaten in the marketplace to make an example. He couldn't stop chanting. They took him to, I think, 21 marketplaces and publicly whipped him. He kept on chanting. After the 20... The first marketplace, then the, the beaters became nervous because they said, if you don't die, 
then the Kazi is going to cut our heads off. He said, oh, I'm sorry, I caused you any difficulty. Just throw me in the river. I'll die. Well, they threw him in the river. He appeared to be dead. Floated down some distance. And, of course, when he came up down river, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was there and embraced him. And all of the wounds on his body showed up on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's body. And it was apparent that Mahaprabhu was taking the beating and he could not feel anything. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu arranged for the comfort of Haridas Thakur. He concentrated simply on the home comfort. Home comfort means to be uncomfortable in this world. Because in this world, the tendency is to want to enjoy, and home comfort is all about serving. So to busy ourselves, body and mind, for the service of Krishna, that is to take some trouble, not to sit for peace only. We're not interested. But home comfort means taking some trouble for Krishna. So Thakur Haridasi took trouble. He worked for this kind of home comfort. While working hard for this in divine slavery, oh, such a comfortable life comes to us that we find here in Puri. When Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to Jagannath Puri from Nadia, Thakur Haridas also managed to come. And Thakur Haridas, by social custom, was not allowed to enter the temple, as some of us are not allowed to enter the temple. But Mahaprabhu arranged the place at Siddhabakul, where we went for Haridas Thakur. He made a nice garden arrangement for him. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu personally saw to it that Thakur Haridas would have a peaceful, comfortable place externally that corresponded with his the home comfort that he was cultivating. Three lakhs of names he chanted daily. Mahaprabhu called him Namacharya, by whose example we can understand the importance of chanting Hare Krishna. He preached about chanting Hare Krishna. He consoled Chaitanya Mahaprabhu when Mahaprabhu was concerned that his mission was benefiting the moving living entities, but what about the non-moving living entities? Takaharidas comforted him and said, Don't worry. Even the non-moving living entities have been benefited by your movement. When you chant into the forest and you hear the echo, Hare Krishna come back. He said, It's not an echo. It's the non-moving living entities chanting back in Kirtan. He preached the glory of Shudhanam at the house of the elders of Raghunath Das Goswami that it is only a shadow of the glory of, the Har- of Harinam that one gets liberation from it and all obstacles are removed. The real fruit is Krishna praying. He preached this even in opposition from the Brahmins and he was subjected to the curse of a Brahmin if he maintained his position. He said, I cannot change my position. This is the statement of the scripture. Brahman said, I curse you that you will get leprosy if you continue with this. But Takuhari Das persisted and that Brahman got the leprosy. And again, as I say, here in Puri, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu made a personal arrangement for Takuhari Das. Takur could not come to the temple. Mahaprabhu arranged a place from which he could view the chakra of the temple daily, which is non-different than the Lord. And he arranged bring prasadam for Haridas Thakur every day. You just sit chant Hare Krishna. 
comfortably. Just chant Hare Krishna. I will arrange prasad. A beautiful garden next to that bakul tree. Mahaprabhu planted the bakul tree. He took a toothpick from Jagannath and threw it in the ground and a bakul tree came. See the bakul. You've seen the tree there. Mahaprabhu grew from a toothpick to give some shade for Thakurharaja. So he made a beautiful garden for him. So, similarly, if we desist from trying to make ourselves comfortable in this world and try for home comfort, to give comfort to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Mayamrigam He left comfort. He had Raj Lakshmi, Vishnu Devi at his side. What kind of comfort he had? in Nadia, beloved of everyone. He'd left that for our sake, for the sake of the fallen souls who were bewildered by Maya. He took the sannyas. That means taking some trouble. Taking sannyas means to take some trouble. Don't be afraid to take some trouble for Krishna. This is how you will make progress. If you want to know that Krishna exists, take some trouble for Krishna. And you will find out in a way that you cannot find out by reading. Make some sacrifice, take some trouble, and you will know what is home comfort. Takuhari thus stuck to his vow for chanting the holy name, three lakhs, and Mahaprabhu made a personal arrangement for him. Planted the tree, mystically grew a garden, and every day Mahaprabhu would come the walking Jagannath and give his darshan. What kind of darshan was that? And people are thronging into the temple for darshan. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was coming personally. And when Rupsanathan came to Puri, where did they stay? They thought themselves, Patit, Patita Adham, fallen. And people agreed with them. We're going to tolerate that. We should know the teaching of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with regard to these great souls and with regard to Thakur Haridas in particular. Chaitanya made it very clear. When Gaurangadev came, one day Govindadas had come, servant of Mahaprabhu to Thakur Haridas, bringing prasad. Thakur Haridas could not eat. He was old and sick, but he could not eat because he felt he had another disease. What was that disease? He could not complete his rounds. And he would not eat without completing his rounds. So Mahaprabhu was brought there. He said, My dear Haridas, you are old now. You can relax your rut. Dr. Haridas said, No, I, I cannot relax my rut. He asked him, If you want, give me one thing. I ask you this, that I will leave the world before you do. He could not bear the thought of remaining in the world after the disappearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Mahaprabhu said, yes, anyway, you relax. He came back the next day, and like the great Bhishma, Bhishma Dev, who could predict the time of his death and arranged it such on the bed of arrows, that it would be with the full darshan of Parthasarathi, the chariot driver of Arjuna, who had picked up the wheel in the war of Kurukshetra, 
and chased after Bhishma to protect Arjuna. When he had said, Krishna, that he would not take any weapon, Bhishma fought so fiercely on that day just for this purpose, to see Krishna break his promise for the sake of his devotees, to see that kind of love. This is our Lord. Then he satisfied Bhishma. I have got what I want now. <laughs> now I will die in this place, having your darshan. So Thakurari Das was such a mystic that he could choose the time of his passing. Mahaprabhu came that next day. In other words, when he had said, I want to leave before you do, he meant, I'm ready to leave. Can you please give me your blessings? I cannot wait till you leave. That will be too much painful for me to live here in separation from you after you've gone. Mahaprabhu agreed. The lotus feet of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu on his chest. Vision of Mahaprabhu's lotus face. The chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. And the kirtan going. With all the prema bhaktas. Takaharidas left the world. And Mahaprabhu took his body in his own hands. As a nasty should not touch the body of a dead person. Neither a living person from Yavanas, Malachas. They picked up the body of Thakur Haridas and carried it to the sea and danced with it on the seashore. And then he arranged for the samadhi to be dug and he poured the sand. He bathed the body of Thakur Haridas in the ocean. He poured the sand on the body of Thakur Haridas, decorated with, with sandalwood paste and flower garlands and all prashad from Jagannath. He made a declaration. This sea has become a tirtha because of its having bathed the samadhi body of Thakurharyas that we have placed in the samadhi. Anyone who comes to this place and worships it as we did today, they will get love of God very easily. Mahabharata then arranged for a big feast of prashadam. He served all the devotees with his own hands, enough for five men on each plate. He taught us, that is, by this example, that the power of the holy name is such that even one's prarabdha karma can be eradicated. The smartest, they will agree that Harinam has some power to purify past karma, the aprarabdha, that which is not yet manifest. But the karma that is already manifest, the present body, they said, it cannot change that. That is why Haridas Thakur was not allowed into the temple. They thought, oh, he may be devotee, but he has this prarabdha karma, and he's unclean, so we cannot allow him. But Mahaprabhu didn't agree with the principle. He didn't try to change the social custom. And as we see, it's been intact for some time, and it doesn't look like we're going to change too soon. But he taught us by his example that what is the spiritual reality. So we should have the kind of faith in Harinam that Mahaprabhu has taught us to have through the example of Namacharja Haridas Thakur. Even our Prarabdha Karma present situation can be fully spiritualized. Actually, when we take Harinam initiation and practice, at this time we actually get a spiritual body. 
means our body starts to take on spiritual characteristics. As much as we absorb our mind and senses in Krishna Bhakti, Rajagun, Tamagun, even Sattvagun, we're all transformed into Satchitananda. We know Dhruva Maharaj went back to Godhead in the very same body. Vishwanath Chakraditakar has given us an example. So there's Badajiv and there's a Muktajiv and there's the Sadaka somewhere in between. So we should think how fortunate we are to be in this Sadaka Deha and use it like a Sadaka, this body. Today we saw just almost passing from the world Keshav Das, the cook of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur at Saraswati Thakur's birthplace. Bhakti Daitimada Maharaj's moth established there. And I leaned over, he said, preaching to me in the, the last breaths of his life, Bhagavad Gita Shloka, the body is changing. That's all. Giving up this old dress, getting a new dress, and I said, you'll get a siddha deha. That'll be your, your new dress. So we should conduct ourselves in our sadhaka deha, such that the siddha deha is developing within us. But we should know that the sadhaka deha is, is itself is also takes on spiritual characteristics by the power of Harinam Prabhu. Not by any other process. This is one of the evidences as to the superiority of this particular practice, chanting the holy name, as opposed to other practices for spiritual emancipation, for making spiritual progress. There is no better method than chanting the holy name of Krishna. This was taught to us in no uncertain terms by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and in a big way through the example of Nanacharya Haridas Thakur.